You're listening to the Defro Airsoft Podcast. Hosted by Stuart Rowe. Meet the legend. Meet the legend. Get to know a local Airsoft legend as we take a deep dive and find out all about their call sign, equipment, local airsoft scene, play style, dreams, and the story behind their best Instagram photos. Now, let's meet today's legend. Hey everyone, I'm Stuart Rowe. Welcome to the Death Row Podcast. Today, we're sitting down with local legend, East Flanders native, airsofter and sports shooter, Tom Don't, aka Sniper. How you doing, man? I am doing good. How are you? Good, good. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Oh, it pronounced perfectly. It's no problem. Nice. Third, third time's the charm. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So uh, before we jump in, I just want to shamelessly uh, plug my new merch. You can grab the uh, Defro caps from the online store. Uh, we've got badges. Uh, we've got hoodies. All that great winter drip. Check it out at uh, defroesoft.com. Of course, there are links below. Just click the links. All right. Let's uh, jump in. Yeah. Round one. Um, everyone has a interesting uh, call sign for Esoft. Uh, tell me all about your call sign, man. Well, my call sign is Sniper, man. I originally got it when I was in the Taekwondo student, and when I reached my black belt, the ma- uh, grand master gave me the na- uh, name Sniper on my suit, and I ran with that my whole life since 20, 30 years. Okay, is it a Korean name? I honestly don't know because his wife was Japanese, (laughs) he was Korean, and they lived in Denmark. And yeah, it's a cross between it. It's completely Korean uh, written, but I couldn't say from where it comes. Okay, because for me, as soon as I saw it, I was just thinking of Dora the Explorer. Oh no, it's I think it was like Swiper from Dora the Explorer, but like pronounced in like Belgian or something. Oh no, 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 no. It's it's uh, something between Korean and Japanese, I think. Okay. Uh and well, it has something to do with the sword. It's something about that. Okay, with that many vowels in it, it I, I don't think it's Japanese. Uh it could be Korean. My Korean is is terrible these days. I I'd have to see it in Hangul, but yeah, reading it in English. Yeah, I, I can't. I have no idea what that means. Yeah, that's uh, the, my own translation, how I found it. Uh, I have my original on my Kimino somewhere, but I don't know where that is anymore. Okay, well, <laughs> if there's any uh, Korean listeners, please let us know what Sniper means. Yeah, perfect. Would be nice. So everyone gets into Airsoft uh, different ways. So I got into Mm -hmm. Airsoft just by walking into an electronic store when I came to Japan and finding a whole floor full of guns. We don't have Airsoft (laughs) in Australia, so I was very impressed. Uh, The next day, Airsoft was all I wanted to do. How about you? How did you get into the sport of kings? Well, um, in the uh, Airsofting, first I started... When I was very little, at about six years old, I went to the local fair, saw saw the shooting, uh, yeah, the little shooting stand, started shooting with the with the air. I immediately fell in love with guns, everything about guns. 
And yeah, I grew up, we grew up, you run in a, in, in a toy store and saw a, ca a cabinet full of airsoft guns. And I want one of those airsoft guns. And from that on out, I couldn't stop buying them. <laughs> yeah. Been collecting them for 30 years. And from uh, the, point, uh, the point I reached a age that I could play airsoft, um, I found an airsoft terrain in England. In the rest of Europe, there was almost no airsoft yet. Really? So I had to I had to go to England for to play airsoft. So that was two times, three times a year I could play airsoft. Then the first store start, a decent airsoft store started opening in Belgium, and some trains popped up. Just people in local houses or some farm ground you could play on. And yeah, I've seen it grow in my country since the start and. Ever since played airsoft. That's amazing. Like for me, I've been in airsoft for about 20 years now. And since I've been in Japan, it hasn't really grown. It's it's already like a huge sport. It but it's, it's very underground. Like you're you're kind of looked down on for playing it. Like it's not a a socially yeah. acceptable hobby. <laughs> uh, true, it's the same over here. People see you running around with guns and that's yeah, a gun. And people are scared of guns these days. Yeah. So it's a very big problem. Like in the beginning, you could uh, could play as a child outdoors in the yard where everybody could see it with your air gun. But now if you do that, well, you're going to have the cops on you very fast. <laughs> in Japan, you can't use guns outside your house. So you can play with them in your house and stuff. But as soon as you bring them outside, the cops are cold. So it's very, mm. very strict. But, you know, you can't trust people <laughs> with weapons. No, you can't anymore. <laughs> you can't. True. So everyone remembers their first gun. Uh, my first yeah. gun was a uh, Colt Commander 1911 that I found at a secondhand store for $10 in my first week in Japan and just had a mm -hmm. single stack magazine. It was fun to use and shoot things in the house with. I think I destroyed a lot of wallpaper with that, but I would never use it in a game. It didn't have a blowback slide. It probably had about 20 meters range, but still have very fond memories of it. How about you? What was your first gun? Well, I had some BB guns, but we wouldn't call them airsoft. Uh, a lot of difference in the an M4 or a G36. But the very first the decent airsoft gun I bought or I got was a Beretta M9. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was my first Tokyo Marui gun. That was the first gun I bought new. That was the, the first decent gun that had above one jewel that he had these magazines could fit 18 BBs in it. And yeah, that was the very first thing I found afterwards. I think two years later, it was a Colt M4. I cannot, I don't know which, who made it, but it's been very long. Yeah, it seems everyone starts with an M9. So many people I've talked to on the podcast have said their first gun was an M9. Wow, it's a lot of movies, lots of games. You and they're cheap. Everybody. They're like M9s are some of the, the cheapest gas blowbacks, especially oh, yeah. in Japan. Like oh. if you buy a new gas blowback, you can get a like an S2S um, M9 for about uh, euros would be maybe 30 euros. But if, oh, boy. if you buy a, um, and that's gas blowback, if you buy mm -hmm. a Tokyo Marui, it's probably new, just over a hundred euros. 
Nice. Oh. Well, you can also say dollars and, and calculate everything in dollars. We have a very small difference in the American dollars and euros. So yeah, dollars and euros are basically the same at the moment. True, true. So if my I'm nine, I have now. Don't know in those days, but it costs around 130 euros, and it's a WE. Tokyo oh, WE. Great. I got a WE uh, clock a few weeks ago. Beautiful. Yeah, those those are good. And if you look at Tokyo Marui, it's going to be $170 euros. Yeah. New, new, they're always expensive. Used, they're always half True. price. <laughs> yes. True. And True. buying used stuff in Japan is no problem. Like stuff is, take, people take such good care of their stuff that when you buy stuff used, you get it in perfect condition, but half the price. So almost the whole mm. Airsoft community just buys their stuff used. <laughs> Well, over here, it's more like I, I buy a lot of secondhand guns too, but I buy it and I don't care about the gearbox. I expect the gearbox is trashed. Mm. <laughs> I just buy it for the how the mechanicals look, how it feels. But the gearbox, I always expect to replace it, to need to repair it. Yeah. And prices, yeah, it's one three-fourths of the original price mostly. Yeah. Well, it's three-fourths of the price. So it's... That's quite a lot. Yeah, sometimes it's even expensive, uh, more, more expensive than new because they put on a new rail or they had to change the gears. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Secondhand market is not that good. <laughs> it's really country by country. In Japan, it's fantastic. In Australia, I wouldn't buy anything secondhand. It's, <laughs> we do not take care of things. Uh, no. Here, no, not a lot of people know how to work on guns or work on airsoft. It's always stores, stores. But the people, the people that work in stores, I think there are two good repairmen in Belgium, and that's it. You can send airsoft uh, through the mail, so you cannot send it to, to another country where it's better, better tax. But the tax in Belgium, I know of two people who I can trust would do a good job. Yeah, um, in Japan we have quite, uh, we have a lot of like. Techs that can do a lot of things, but like techs that can install electric triggers are very, mm -hmm. very few and far between. There's only a few in Tokyo. And like to get my new electric trigger installed, I you know, I bought the gun, I bought all the stuff, I took it to the store, mm -hmm. and I have to wait three months uh, for them to finish it. Oh boy. <laughs> it, it only takes them like an hour to install it. But there's so yeah. many people on the waiting list to get electric triggers installed. And there's only like one guy doing it. So, so it just takes a yeah, long time. True. But, well, I'd install everything of... myself. I don't use storage anymore. <laughs> I don't want to use storage. It's too expensive and too yeah. badly done. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to either, but I don't want to fix guns myself. I've tried it. I My hands are just too big. I, I, I can't <laughs> yeah, I play with the gearboxes. Oh, I don't have a problem. And if you ever need help, hit me a sign. I'll make a video for you. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I might I might use that. That that could be really useful. Since I started Instagram, I got tons of messages from uh, could you help me with this? I have a problem if I see a post of oh my AK is not working. And then I start them asking questions and then I'll make a little movie for them how they could repair it or install it. Reddit, Reddit must does. Reddit must love you. Um, not that much. I'm not that much uh, on Reddit. Uh, because of my job, I cannot contact anybody I don't know. 
I have constantly background checks. I have national national clearance. And if I befriend the wrong person, I could lose my job. Ah, are you working in the military or something? Uh, no, a security guard, but I can, I'm qualified to guard people and buildings into the yeah, national niveau, like for NATO buildings, embassies, can I have access to everything in high, high clearance. <laughs> and the check and checking for that is very high here. I understand. It's, it's never fun going through all that paperwork. No, you have to throw away friends <laughs> and be very careful in daily life. Also for the shooting spot in, in my life, if you want to have guns, you have to keep a clean record. You can't yeah. go come in contact with the wrong people because you can have every, almost everything in Belgium, but yeah, there are lots of rules. Yeah, Japan's oh. kind of the same. You can have almost anything you want, but you have to obey all the rules for it. Yes, and it's a very long list. <laughs> it is, and it doesn't get shorter. It's always getting longer. Nope. True, true. All right, so let's look at uh, strengths and weaknesses. So what do you feel your biggest strengths and weaknesses as a player are? Well, biggest strengths, I like playing with everybody, anybody in any style. Okay. And uh, weaknesses, uh, well, my body. <laughs> okay. I've uh, had a lot of uh, bad luck last seven years. I had eight operations on my wrists and four on my ankles. Shit. Yeah, the fighting history in my life has uh, been rough on my body. <laughs> yeah, my knee is still screwed from Taekwondo. Uh, oh, you... yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, when you do combat sports, uh, your body never thanks you for it. No, that's true. Say sporting is good, but uh, since I heard, uh, hit the uh, 35, I'm oh, breaking apart like nothing. Wounds don't heal, tendons don't heal. Like the um, nine months ago, I ripped my right foot tendons, but six months before that, I ripped my left foot tendons. So, what were you doing? How, how did you rip the tendons in both of your feet? Well, the my left, my. I have a left foot. I ripped uh, chasing a couple of burglars, um, jumped over a wall, landed badly. And yeah, those were fucked up. Kept, kept uh, running afterwards. And yeah, they worked off my day, went to the hospital. Those, so that foot was fucked for a year and a half. And on my right foot, playing airsoft. I don't know how, on a flat ground, just cracked. Wasn't wearing high boots, probably that was the biggest problem. I, I broke my whole left hand playing airsoft a few years ago. Like I broke this bone, this bone, this bone, this bone. It was just oh. all shattered. So, and I don't even want to tell the story of how I did that. It's too embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, airsoft will also injure your body a lot. All the wounds I have on my body right now, they're all airsoft related. <laughs> well, I have worse wounds, but that's those are healed good <laughs> i've been shot i've been jumping i've been riding motorcycles in unsavory conditions and yeah you live a dangerous life it seems no just like have uh, fun <laughs> all right 
So people play airsoft for a variety of reasons. Um, I like playing airsoft because, you know, hunting humans is the ultimate sport. But people have some other reasons. How about you? Well, uh, yeah, hunting humans, shooting guns, shooting guns at people that don't kill them. <laughs> I don't want to kill them. But yeah, it's just for the fun. I like shooting airsoft, I like shooting guns. And it's hunting people. It's training yourself. I don't like hunting animals. I don't want to kill anything. I don't want to eat. So it's all about the sport. Yeah. I'm busy. I'm doing something. I'm running. Yeah. It's good for the condition, good for the mind. And also, yeah, it's better than playing in Call of Duty sometimes. Love the same battle types, same scenes. We have lots of trains, uh, airsoft trains over here that. Well, yeah, look like a Call of Duty field. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen um, some of them, and yeah, they just look uh, incredible. There's like a, uh, there's like one, was it in, I think it was in Sweden. It was like a Wild West field, which looked amazing. And like another place in Europe, like redid the Nuketown map uh, from uh, oh, Call of Duty, and that just looks incredible. So you, you guys yeah. have some fantastic fields. Yeah, there's a lot of time in here because we have to do it on private fields, cannot use military fields. Well, we build the things we see most and love most. We have castles over here in France. And in France, we have complete cities we can play in. Hmm. If you go to this Poland, okay, it's 2,000 kilometers riding almost, but uh, well, there you have complete cities and woods you can play in. Play with two thousand people, board wars if you don't if you know it, it's awesome. And every once in a year you have a, a big skirm in Croatia that takes in a whole ex submarine base in uh, of the German army, and that's fun, Wilson. <laughs> nice, they, they sound fantastic. Oh yeah, sometimes uh, last year we had a military ship we could play on before it was discarded. Yeah, it's nice when you can play in abandoned structures. Like, I, I really love playing in abandoned structures. I've so far done an abandoned quarry and an abandoned hotel, but any more abandoned structures I can find and legally play in, I, I definitely <laughs> intend to do so. Oh, yeah, those are the most fun. That's the most fun. I haven't done a, sh a shopping mall. I want to do a shopping mall. There's one in America. Um, Dutch yeah. the Hooligan uh, plays in there sometimes. He's got some amazing videos of that. I've watched them a lot. I'm always looking for an old shopping mall here over here, but no. <laughs> America has a ton of them. All right. Yeah, Let's move into uh, round two. This is preferences, <coughs> uh, uh, attachments, airsoft brands, game types, and after airsoft beverage. I'll give you one minute. Please tell me your favorite one of each. Uh, when you have about 10 seconds remaining, I'll raise my hand. Uh, so that you can finish up. Are you okay. ready? Yeah. Okay. My what's favorite... your... Oh, wait. I'll, I'll start with like an intro. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Okay. What's your favorite attachment? Airsoft brand, game type, and after airsoft beverage? Oh, attachment is very easy. I love red dots. I have red dots for everything. It makes life easier. It is better for aiming and shooting. Favorite airsoft brands? It's Lonex. Everything Lonex for me. And every gun you will find Lonex parts. Game type, everything that has complete darkness. I love the dark. 
it's in the woods and and buildings and abandoned factories. I love it. And Ashoft after Ashoft hosting monster. Don't care which monster, but monster. Okay, I, I think you're too old to drink monster, but sure. That, <laughs> no. That's probably explaining half of your injuries is monster. Well, no, I've been only been drinking monster for five years now, and <laughs> and you, you said like the last seven years have been hard. It's all it's all that monster. Yeah. Well, it's not too much monster. It's may, maybe always max maximum one of monster every day uh, after something I do, but after Ashoft, there's mostly one monster. <laughs> Interesting. I, I couldn't drink um, uh, an energy drink after Airsoft. Um, I can drink one before, like to get some energy because we wake up so early in the morning. But yeah, after Airsoft, I just need to relax. I just have seven beers. <laughs> well, after Airsoft, I also have to relax. Uh, yeah, let my injuries of the day heal. So I'm mostly awake for a long time before I can even go to sleep. That's because you drink and... stuff. Oh, even without the monster, I cannot sleep after airsoft. I'm still awake for six, seven hours. Interesting. I fall asleep on the train going home from airsoft. (laughs) I've once fallen asleep on the train, and the train took two hours to get from the field back to Tokyo. But Mm -hmm. I fell asleep on the train. The train went all the way to Tokyo and then all the way back to the field. And four hours later, I woke up in the same spot. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't a good day. And just you're so confused because like you go to you like start to nod off at six o'clock, you open your eyes, it's ten o'clock, you go, okay, well at least I'm in Tokyo station and you're not. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and you know where you are, that's positive. Yeah. Think about if you were to end up somewhere you don't know. <laughs> that would be bad. That's not good. Yeah. So after Nest of Nestle match, uh, like border wars. I, there was a three-day skirm. After the days, we slept on the field. And then the la- after the skirm, we cleaned that thing up. And I drove for 13 hours. So no sleep for me. I'm always a driver. That, that explains I, the monster. And also, I can't drink alcohols because of the job. I always have to be... I'm always the bo- uh, bob in the company. I always drive. I need to be clear-headed for work. So no... Yeah, no fun drinks for me. No, that's not fun. All right, let's move into uh, round three. So this is Mm -hmm. fun because we get to learn all about the local airsoft scene. And uh, let's, you know, talk about Belgium because that's where you live. And you said that you're from East Flanders, right? Yes, right. All right, so let's focus this around like the East Flanders region and discuss Mm -hmm. what it's like playing airsoft in East Flanders. Well, uh, as of East Flanders, we have around, well, Belgium is very small. <laughs> um, we can hit the one side of East Flanders to do the other side in 50 minutes, both ways from where I live. And we have around six terrains. Most of them are CQBs. Uh, so old factories, old hospitals, and one power plant. Oh, I uh, see power plant. That uh, shows up in lots of people's Instagram photos. True, yeah. It's a nice place. And- to play in but the power plant you see is a new power plant we had an old one that was literally coal power plant that one was a diesel uh, the new one is an old diesel fuel power plant nice it looks fantastic and for the rest yeah we have belgium is small so 
on the rest of Belgium, we have everything. <laughs> but just in Flanders, it's mostly CQBs. We have Slaughterhouse, an old uh, uh, slaughtering place where we slaughter animals. It's a very big factory with multiple floors, open rooms, small rooms. But for the rest here, you can play mostly CQB and the rest of Belgium can play everything. Nice. So how about money? Uh, how much does it cost to play Airsoft in Belgium? Well, it could be very cheap. Like my club, I started with my friends. It's around 120 euros a year and you can play every other week. So 26 to 30 times a year. Uh, so Wait, for 120 euros. How many times you can play? No, in our club, we just taken our expenses of the last year and divide them by, our, by the people who come. Most of our income is from companies who do for the local relations between the people, and they pay around 260 euros for a whole group to come with airsoft replicas and all uh, the rentals. And for the rest, yeah, it's pretty cheap. And if you want to play airsoft one time, mostly in Belgium, it's around 20 to 25 euros in all other fields. We're about the same here. Yeah, it's not that expensive and it hasn't been raised the price that's that's the most important part <laughs> yeah our indoor fields are getting expensive but basically our indoor fields are just double the price of outdoors so it's like 15 euros because of the exchange rate probably 15 euros to play outside and probably about 35 euros to play inside oh, that's doable and i would still do it we have some more expensive ones like companies who start national field but they don't last <laughs> big companies who start they want to be more expensive they ask sometimes 45 euros 20, 15 to 20 years for the rental kit they die out pretty fast so it's more the people who love airsoft than playing airsoft for dozens of years who should start private trains or uh, rent private trains and those kind of people make it they don't ask much and there is love in the game and it's not just a uh, the playground yeah, even for me, like when I organize my events, like I don't charge uh, any money for them uh, except for the entrance. And so I don't make any money off it. I, and I just do it so people can enjoy Airsoft because you need someone to organize it. True, 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 true. true. Organizers, we have lots of old players around here who start their own Airsoft fields. And if we organize it just the cost, how much did it cost to rent the place for ourselves? And we just divide it. If it's little private scrims. Yeah, we do that in Japan too. That's called the cash kitty game. And yeah, it's very popular. But you really need more than 20 people. Otherwise, it's just too expensive. Oh, that's not a problem here. We have tens of thousands of ashes. We do too, but they're just... Uh, it's hard getting Divided. them all in one place. All right. Well, Tell me more about the selection of local fields. So... If someone is in East Flanders, you know, where should they play? Um, I would say don't look alone in East Flanders. Look at the whole Belgium, country of Belgium. <laughs> it's only maximum an hour's drive from to one side to the other side, not an hour and a half. So you can play at any field. If you look to Flanders alone, you have lots of CQB. I would advise like Killhouse um, or RTA. Uh, uh, RT, ATR, Airsoft Defense, sorry for my English, is <laughs> Benoit. Uh, you have Slaughterhouse and all the rest are not fixed places. We have a organizer who organizes Airsoft Fields 
who runs them, and that's uh, fully loaded. So take one of those fours for East Flanders and Ashalf over the rest of Belgium. Just look by Ash of Belgium up on Facebook or anywhere else, and you'll find lots of fields. And it's all open skirms here almost. Private skirms is 10% of the game over yeah, here. So you don't have 50, problem. 50, yeah. Or maybe maybe 60, 40. But yeah, it's great that you have a lot of public matches that you know just anyone can join. Nice. Yeah, that's a lot of it. All right. So what's the, the culture of the games like in um Belgium, how how do you dis how would you describe an airsoft game? So like in Japan, we probably sorry, dying. Uh, we no you know we do indoor games and we do outdoor games. Most of the games that I play are about thirty on thirty. That seems to be quite normal. Uh, the biggest game I've seen is about seventy on seventy. Uh, we don't really have big mill sims here. Uh, lots of thing. Lots of our games would be classified as skirmish. Um, we, you know, we're starting to get a speed QB community over here, but it's limited just to a very small amount of fields. Uh, mm -hmm. The biggest thing you notice about Japanese games is in generally the players are very defensive. Um, for your players, about 80 or 90% of the players will be very defensive and about 10% of them will be aggressive and play assault. Um, we have no snipers in Japan uh, because our jewels are limited to one. We've only got one jewel, which is 330 oh. FPS. So there's no benefit to being a sniper when your handgun can shoot just as far. Um, some people will play sniper, but it's more cosplay than efficiency. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, uh, we can also do full auto everywhere. Uh, oh. Some indoor fields <laughs> let us do full auto, but normally um, indoor is typically semi. But a lot of outdoor games are, are all full auto. So you see a lot of uh, Japanese uh, modifications are to do with high cycle and just getting mm -hmm. your F, your rounds per second as high as possible. Um, that and we don't really do respawns. So you normally will have one game where it's you have only one life and it'll be mm -hmm. maybe a 10 minute game with about 20 people on each side is a very, very common uh, game. And because of that, everyone just kind of stays in their base and kind of waits for the other team to move. So the first 70% of the game is quite boring and just becomes like a barrier exchange. Oh, that's... that's I feel that's a good way to surmise Japanese airsoft. Okay, in Belgium, we have all kinds. We've got Milsom over here. we got CQB. So for the Milsom side, we have... Uh, four big organizers who organize games from types from 100 people to 100. The biggest one in Belgium, my, I, I remember is 250 to 250 people. It was on a medium sized terrain if you look at the rest of the world, but still was, the terrain was big enough for all the people. Um, the CQBs, we have small ones, but small for us is like a store, a, a great store. Yeah. Big CQBs are literally giant old slaughterhouses or old companies, castle grounds. It's we don't have room combat. That's something I know you also have in Japan. <laughs> Japan. I'm sorry. sorry? Uh, room combat. So like in, in a little store or in an attic, in small buildings. That's oh yeah, we do that a lot. Yeah, I know, and I love it. Some well, some of those little things are action on action. <laughs> 
and we, we don't have that over here. We it's all big. We have some combat training arenas where it's literally a house you invade. So some people have to defend it, and some people attack it. That looks like fun. I, I, I really would like to do that. But those are more. Yeah, those are. No, those, those are the ones that mostly are private. So you need to be the team of you need to know the team because I only go only doing that with six or ten people. Six people entry, six four people are defending, so it's not never big. So it's gonna fill uh, pretty fast. And for the rest indoor, yeah, people attack and people defend, but that's 50-50. The home fielders will attack mostly the, 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 the people who come from exterior will hold off because they don't go to the train. Well, it's almost yeah, I, always action. I like when people do that. It's it's no fun when everyone plays defense. When you have half defense, half attack, that's nice. No, that's, that's too. If I see, yeah, you need to balance. Like if I, I go to a lot of fields, I fill my week with fields. I sometimes go actually from three to four times a week. If wow. I have vacations over the day, yeah. Uh, other times it's only every every two weeks. But when I can play, I play. When I can shoot, I shoot. So every moment of my life that I'm not working, I'm working on guns or I'm working on airsoft, going to airsoft, going to shoot. Even in my hobbies, I learn people how to shoot. <laughs> nice. So, and also my family, my wife is also a sport shooter. My brother's a sport shooter. My brother's an airsofter. So. Yeah, my whole household is around, built around guns and martial arts. Nice. Oh, that, that, that's a, a good family dynamic. Like the, the family that shoots together stays together. Yeah, that's true. Okay, that's our um, main thing. Any strange restrictions uh, in uh, Belgium when it comes to airsoft? The only strange and irritating restriction, I think, would be lasers. No lasers. All the rest is just simple fps related so 360 indoors and uh, full automatic uh, dmr so every two seconds uh, the sniper to 450 for a uh, shot every two seconds and snipers to 500 otherwise don't have lots of limitations over here nice yeah we've got the laser rule too but it's a recent rule because when i was playing 20 years ago we were using lasers everywhere but yeah, true true now it's yeah lasers are banned yeah. like everywhere and one of my friends in Korea just sent me over this really cool laser um, to, as a peck box. And I've got it mounted on my M4. It looks beautiful, but I can't turn it on anywhere. And it's like such a bright laser. You can see it in daytime, no problem. So oh. I really want to use it uh, indoors. Uh, and it seems like it's an IR laser, so it would be great with night vision. But oh, yes. uh, sadly, we're not allowed to use that. Oh, oh, yeah, strange, it's more... strange rule for us. Night vision and thermals are banned at almost every field. Oh. Yeah. Well, night vision and thermals, you can have them in Belgium, use them in Belgium, but only head mounted, no gun mounted. So it's more, more related on the, the because of the weapons, uh, some weapon restrictions, but not for restrictions of airsoft. So airsoft would allow it, but the law doesn't allow it on real guns or to have it be able to be mounted on a real gun. Understandable. The same goes for the laser. We don't. Uh, the Belgium laws don't allow lasers. Don't allow, allow silencers or <clears throat> thermal optics. So, yeah, Ashraf has to weigh in because of that. <laughs> the the people that can afford thermal op optics is like zero point zero zero one percent of the airsoft community. That also. 
Not many people are complaining. No, because big, a good set of knots you got over 3K, 3K 4K over here. Oh, yeah. And the cheap ones that are coming out now, the digital ones are starting to get a little bit better, but it's also yeah. three, 400 euros and one shot and it will be down. <laughs> yeah, I, I got my um, night vision scope for my sniper rifle a few months ago. Uh, it's this beautiful scope. It's like this fat. It's a real heavy boy. And as soon as I put it on my rifle, like it's just, oh, it's so heavy. <laughs> and it's got such a big lens on it that I can't find a lens protector that exists that's this size. Cool. So I have to like custom make one out of Perspex and I don't have the time to do that. So I haven't used it yet and it's still in my cupboard. Oh, well, I have some thermal optics too, but they're in another country for the moment. So I leave them in another country where I can use it. <laughs> um, but if you're using a thermal optic scope, most brands itself has glare protectors that can also hold withstand the BB. So have you looked at that? I have not, but I'll I'll give it a go. I was thinking of just going to a hardware store and ask them to cut some perspex and maybe mount it to a uh, a Picatinny rail connector. But I'm also not sure if it would like affect the night vision. I don't think it would. Well, if it's close enough to the main lens, you won't have any reflections, so that, that won't be a problem. But all the space that's between your tube and the prospector, if you mm. call it, uh, all, every uh, millimeter of space, you will have extra light re uh, reflecting off it. And um, infrared light likes to rebounce off glass, so that could be an hindrance, so you have to put it as close as you can together. So sure, that makes sense. Okay, uh, next question. Let's move on to round four. So this here is mm -hmm. how you play. Uh, for this one, I've got some different questions and I'd like you to weigh in and give me your answer. So okay. how do you feel about camping versus attacking? There's a place and time for both. <laughs> okay, need defend, if you need to defend something, you need to defend. If you need to attack, you need to attack. And that's my... I think it's pretty simple. Yeah, it's it's no fun when people just camp for the entirety of the game, every game. Oh no, most of in the most games here we have grenades, we yeah. have uh, grenade launchers. If we know a camper, we call it out, and the whole team goes after it. Nice, I like that. In Japan, we're only allowed one grenade per game, so mm -hmm. and <laughs> not like I, I bring seven grenades. But I just have them all like primed in safety, and I can only, I just grab one each time I go into the field, so I don't need to reload them. But mm -hmm. uh, most of the players don't. So if I'm if I waste my grenade or something, and we've got more campers, they're really hard to get out. No, and we can't use pyro, so all of our grenades are just gas grenades. Oh, well, it's fifty-fifty over here. We have pyros and we have gas grenades, but not every place allows pyros. And yeah, it's more about the hearing protection. Some people have problems with their ears. They have uh, noises, damaged eardrums, and then we can't use pyros. And the gas grenades, well, 30% has them. So yeah, and the gas grenades have to work outside. Like as soon as they like hit the grass or something, they just don't detonate. Like they, they're so useful indoors, but outdoors, well, they're not great. That was more tagging around, so it was for outdoors also. Yeah, I'd love, 
I'd love <laughs> to use some pyro grenades, but oh, everything's illegal in Japan. Okay, respawn versus non-respawn modes. Um, love them both. With non-respawn modes, you go up pretty fast. You can dive fast. You play fast. Non-respawn modes take a little bit more time. Some people over here are scared to go up, but it's always most most of the time 50-50. Yeah, it's, so it's, I love them both. it's nice to have a combination. Uh, for me, uh, I feel that respawn should only be used purposefully. So if you just do respawn for no reason, it sucks uh, because it just creates bottlenecks in the field because people can respawn, they can come back to where they died and there's no advancement in the game. But mm -hmm. if the respawn helps the game, it's really good. So one rule that um, I think it was Varage, uh, sorry, Voruj uh, told me about uh, was that in Belgium, they do this rule with Milsims where it's squad respawn. So they'll mm -hmm. have like five people in a squad and there's maybe 50 people in the entire team. And there's like one respawn point back in the base. And if you die, you have to go back to respawn. But you can only respawn when all five members of your team are together. So if three of your members die and two are alive, you can decide, should we keep going or should we go back to the base, spend 10 minutes and respawn our team so we have a higher chance of winning the match? And I like yeah. that because it gives strategy to the game. But when people can just respawn and then come right back to the same position, it's, it sucks. Oh, I didn't even think about single people respawn sorry um all the games i know are also multiple people respawn so you die and you have to wait for two three four five depending on the people how big the teams are so it's most of the games are not directly respawns and the milsims outdoor games yeah most group respawns sometimes we'll have an immediate respawn but those airsoft games are most, mostly on fields when you're when you're playing with 30 60 people but the field is big enough for 200 300 people hmm. i also heard an interesting respawn rule in america where they play like on a square field and mm -hmm. um basically it, people will not won't really play in the center of the field they'll play like around the outside and uh if they engage like from the left and they they die on the left when they respawn they have to then play on the right side so you can't engage the same enemy after death. And I found that that was interesting. So when you have nice respawn rules like that, it's fine. But when you just shoot the same asshole again and again and again, I hate it. No, it's not fun. No, like on my local field also, we have six respawn spots. Most of the time for every team, there are two spawns open. It's not meant to be if you respawn, you bump into the same guy again if you die and ne next to your respawn or next to a side you can go to the other side of the field and then respawn in there nice so it's like battlefield <laughs> yeah you can choose where you respawn most of times okay i feel i know how you're going to answer this question but how do you feel <laughs> about solo versus team play i love to play in teams i love to play my with my fixed team if you have decent guys we do play dash for, for dozens of years a dozen of years it's awesome but solo play is also nice because you learn new tactics, you learn new people, and you get to meet new people. So both are good. Okay, I'll agree with that. Indoor versus outdoor? Oh, I love them both. As long as it's dark, I'm happy. 
<laughs> for me, the darkness is the most point, but indoor, I play 50% of the indoor, 50% outdoor. Yeah, you, you remind me a lot of Batman, all of these references to hiding in the shadows, waiting for criminal, <laughs> dealing out well, justice. Also, I work at night, I love nighttime work. I see better than most people in the dark. In the day, I have more problems with glare. I'm a person of the night, not a person of the day. I definitely can see that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about magazines, high or low caps? Um, most of the time I use mid caps indoor. Outdoor, I will use high caps because I just arm myself for two, three days of airsoft directly. I don't want to return to my car, so I take a lot of BBs. Yeah. Uh, mid caps, uh, it's just a, a, a cylinder that's easier. You don't have to do wheels, you don't have to cords. And low caps, well, then mostly when I'm playing solo, I'm going to use low caps because it's fun. Yeah. Going to the works. It keeps my reloadings normal. Reloads like are fun. All my... huh? Reloads are fun. Yeah, those are fun. Like I for just to train myself for work is keep the memory of your muscles in there. Mm. I have the same airsoft replicas as I have my duty guns. So it's a constant reminder. Yeah. And it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I I, I love um just reloading in a match, especially in the middle of a firefight where, oh yeah, awesome. oh, it's so nice. Like reloading like before a firefight, eh, it's fine. But like when you're in the thick of it and you, you're firing and then the bolt comes back, like if you're using like an NGRS and you're like, oh, it's not firing, dump the magazine, tack reload, and then get back into the fight. Oh. It's such a rush. So yeah, true. Love yeah, that. And it's more dynamic. But if you got like a high cap, you're like, oh, oh, Wheel, 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 wheel. All right, I'm back. It's, <laughs> no, no. It's not as cool. No, it's not. It's not. And also, we have um, at some fields here a little game type like, uh, well, you have to kill people to get more munitions. And you get your oh, munitions okay. in magazines. So every kill, you get a magazine with five more rounds. And now that's one of my favorite old ones, but you don't do that a lot. It's only in closed groups we play that because. New players are not used to reload and shoot five, have five BBs to kill a half team. I like that. I haven't played that game before, but it sounds fun. I might try to do that with my friends. Yes. Okay. Uh, How do you feel about yeah. Power Source? I have everything. Yeah, I can <laughs> see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, HPA is it's easy. I like to even my gas guns. Uh, some of them are transferred to HP, HPA. I have pure HPA guns, gas guns, handguns. Uh, all my handguns are gas guns. I have two only two of them built for HPA if I want a bigger capacity. Springs, yeah, shotguns and snipers. If outdoor fields, it's awesome to have a spring a spring sniper on your back. Indoor, it's always nice to have a shotgun in your in your team, a shotgunner. And electric, yeah, that most of them are electric. <laughs> most of them are electric, yeah. That's that's the bread and butter. Yeah. In Japan, there's no HPA, but yeah, everything else is the same. You you use spring because it's fun. You use gas because it's more fun. You use electric because it's the standard. Yeah, it's easy to maintain. They go along. You don't have to worry about gas in the winter because you know, we also have cold winters and gas guns in winter don't go. <laughs> They do not. All right, let's move into round five. This is living the dream. 
let's discuss what you do if you had an unlimited budget. So what would be your dream airsoft gun? I don't have one dream airsoft gun. Mm -hmm. You have a dream airsoft Well, I'm trying to build it. I have over 100 airsoft guns, so I want more. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> I want to try to use every kind of airsoft gun there is. Every kind. <laughs> I, I started trying to do that. I was trying to collect like every model of airsoft gun and I just ran out of space. Like I've got a small Tokyo apartment. I don't have room for all these guns. Uh, well, that's a little problem over here. Also, I have one room that's uh, a vault room where my real guns are in cupboards mm. and vaults. And the rest of the room is uh, sounds for my wife who plays violin and piano. Uh, even after behind the piano, there are five rifles just to uh, keep space. My racks are double stacked, and guns are stacked behind it. <laughs> my basement yeah. is full of uh, reloading stuff and repairing stuff. My attic is full of boxes and stuff I don't use a lot. But I have around 100 guns I like, but I've already owned around four, 500 easy. What you, you own about 500 guns? I have owned. Oh, have so owned. I, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, this, the guns I keep are the guns I love. Yeah, me and too. I, I get rid of ones I don't like. Built, they, they shoot, they work. I'm happy. Like, the simple thing is like the Dragunov. I love the Dragunov in the real life. But the Dragunov snipers, I don't know. It doesn't feel good. So that one went out. But I still have the real one. And I bought another sniper. Yeah, when in doubt, keep the real one. That's good advice. <laughs> True. All right. What would be your ideal airsoft event? Uh, seven, day, uh, seven days uh, in a row, night game, rather in the woods with a castle or a building. That would be fantastic. Would this be yeah, in Belgium or somewhere else in Europe? Well, you could do it in Belgium, then it would be limited to 100 people, I think, but border wars. <laughs> border wars, but bigger. Nice. And longer. Are I always we... think it's short. We don't really have anything like that in Japan. Like, I've only seen um, overnight games where it's like Saturday, camp, and then Sunday. I haven't really seen anything longer than that in Japan. No, in Belgium also is just a weekend, two days, three days, two nights sleep, three days gaming. That's maximum over here. We did once a seven-day gameplay, but it was only with 24 people, 12 to versus 12, and on a small local field, just to get the hang of it. How far can we go? How long can we stay? We have to sleep. We have to guard. And I love that. Makes me think of whole days. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do something like that. I'm actually planning to like go to America next year just to take part in a few mill sims because they look oh. fun and we don't yes. have them here. So, you know, I'll just go over there for a week. That's true. I, well, I would like to visit Desert Fox or... Uh, yeah, I'm thinking go see either. Desert Fox with Milsim West because yeah. that looks Those seem awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true, but you can't do that here. Those are awesome. Okay, what about a dream airsoft team? Uh, my own team, ATR. I've been grown on them. We've grown together. We've been together for, what, what was it? Uh, data's not on here anymore. 15 years, 16 years. Okay, that's, that's a pretty experienced team. 
yeah, we know how to work together. We have our all uh, our places. So I have my dream team. Nice. You don't you don't need to hire any new people. You don't need. What's no, we're an open team. Everybody can come join. If they want to stay, want to stay. We have 200 um, yeah, people who come to our fields, not always. And we have around 15, 20 people who are, yeah, every two weeks are there. We go to other fields together. So we can go in an army. <laughs> nice. All right. So let's go to round six now. This here is Selma Yogan. Let's use this for an Instagram reel. Uh, I'll give you one minute and I want you to persuade me to buy uh, one of your guns. Uh, feel mm -hmm. free to use a, a prop and just try to explain all the best parts of the gun and make me want to buy it. Okay. Uh, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, sell me your gun. So, first off, welcome to the Ashoff store. Um, I guess you were gonna start Ashoff things, so you're gonna need a gun. If you would ask me one gun in particular, I would sell you, it would be a Lonex. It's simple, it's reliable, it shoots fast, um, it's easy to work on, it's an M4. For first off, uh, the reserve parts are very easy to find. It's the most and commonly used gun, I think, over the whole world. And Lonex, because it's just a decent company, strong materials, works good, shoots good. Nice, sounds and good. Can, and now you can feel it. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks great. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> nice, you really like Lonex. Yes, I fell in love with it, with it when I started repairing replicas. We don't really have Lonex in Japan. We have Lonex batter, like Lonex motors. I see them, but I don't really see Lonex anything else. Oh, the Lonex guns are um, very hard to find. They make the internals mostly, but they have some beta versions out there, but not a lot. <laughs> and that's what you found? Yes, I have a, I know a store in Italy who uses them to test the internals and then sells them also. Nice. So they're more a testing platform than a real selling platform. No, it sounds That's cool. Neat. Like um, the Lonex motors look great. So, you know, I'd love to try a whole Lonex gun, but yeah, I haven't seen one around here. So if I see one, I'll, I'll make sure to give it a go. Well, you can buy them from Lonex uh, directly if you want to. Oh, yeah, that's an option. <laughs> yeah, if you're you're in Japan, so Lonex is China? Japan? I don't know where they're situated. No idea. But if, if Lonex is listing and they want to give me a gun for testing, I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> so hit, hit me up. All right, too, too, let's too. go into round seven now. This here is the backstory. I've selected three uh, photos from your Instagram account. Uh, I'd like mm -hmm. you to give me a bit more context for these and, you know, just let me know what the backstory is. So what, what is this image here? What am I looking at? Well, this is a picture of my collection five years ago. I wanted the wallpaper on my computer. So I love guns. So I was looking through the internet and didn't find anything useful. So I tried to make one of myself. And yeah, those are the most guns I'm proud of and just lay them on the floor and make the screen picture. No, it works. 
I can see the trusty high kappa gold match. You got some G36, you got the Orc, you got a few AKs, M4s, Benelli, a lot of more M4s, G36K. Um, and the what? funny part is I can people look at it. Here, is that an MP5K? No, it's an M4. It is. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, it is. Got your MP7s. Just like this one. <laughs> that is a real shorty. Yeah, MOBA. Oh, okay. We've got that brand in Japan. Oh, yeah, I recognize basically all of these. Them. Most and the guns you see most of the time. It's nothing special. And what's, the comic this wooden one here. Ah, most and the guns. Ah, okay. So you're only looking at 40% of the complete picture, but that was too big. <laughs> But there's most and guns. And 50% of the guns there are real and 50 airsoft. Okay, that makes sense. What about this picture here? What's this? Is well, this, this is my workplace. <laughs> where I repair my uh, replicas, where I make bullets. It's my holy grail. It's where I come down to chill. Is it's that a basement in the background? Yes, it's to make bullets. Of course it is. <laughs> Sorry. So what, uh, what's your open. recipe for making bullets? Is it like making a cake? Like, uh, well, comically, first I I clean the sand. Uh, sand Actually, like maybe we shouldn't discuss this. This might get us in trouble. Yeah, that's true. Uh, YouTube, YouTube does like, like it, so any <laughs> conversations like this. So let's let's end that conversation. Actually, yeah, yeah, it's better. It's better. All right, uh, last one. Uh, who are these handsome individuals? Well, that's my original team. Uh, that's a picture from 15 years ago. And uh, one of the first times we went out of country for a three-day skirm. So Which that's our... <laughs> hmm? Which country is this in? Uh, this is in Netherlands. Okay. Just the one country over. They start. They have, have access to military domains. And that's an old uh, ammo storage facility and yeah this is my original team half of them are still around other half uh, they have new lives <laughs> yeah that's that's what happens True. You, you got a nice assault me i've seen most people are running assault you got two snipers you got a mm -hmm. saw and then one two three four five yeah and then six oh is that guy on the right got a is that an M14 EBR? Ah, uh, uh, stoner. I mean, That's I a stoner. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, choose. Yeah, this is a stoner. Stoner. Hmm. Nice selection. All right, Thank let's you. move into round eight now. This here is full send. Here we have some deeper questions that we can use to look into your airsoft journey so far. Mm -hmm. So, this here is just a complete license to brag. What is <laughs> Your greatest airsoft-related accomplishment? My greatest uh, related accomplishment is... Yeah, what is it? I'm most happy about making people start and learn to play airsoft. Mm -hmm. I love to bring them to airsoft. I love them. Like, they have kids of 16, 17 years old. They cannot do it and they don't know what it is they love guns they love want to do i just have to see f movies and f videos 
love to give them a full access to the sport immediately. So we have our own terrain. Then we follow them up. We let them shoot lots of guns so they don't go to a store and buy something they regret. Because most of the young people don't have a lot of money. And I'm able to give them access to yeah, hundreds of guns, hundreds of suits. You've got one, um, or one or two spare guns that you can lend. Well, I have 20 different models that's, that's strictly for people to lend. I don't care if they break. They're just to learn to shoot the platform. Yeah, I, my lending guns are the same too. I don't care if people break them. They're, they're for lending. Like, don't lend yeah. people something that you want back. <laughs> <laughs> no. If you give someone, something to somebody, you know, I expect it can break, but exactly. that's life. And I can repair it myself, so it's mostly not that expensive. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What about an embarrassing airsoft-related moment? Um, well, uh, my last uh, big fall at, at the airsoft field where I uh, tore my right tendons. Um, the, so I fell, but the most embarrassing part about this is not really the falling part. It's like everybody was almost new in the team. So I was more like a berserker and pushing the people to attack. Nice. To yeah, that's that's my role too. Yeah, uh, yelling, uh, uh, yelling loudly like fighting, helping to gain the new players' confidence and pushing them forward to make the other team scared. And just when I was crossing the middle line, I shot three, three to four people around and cracked my foot in the middle of the field where everybody could see it. That's not good. No, so that's the most important moment of the last couple of years. Yeah, it doesn't sound like that. It doesn't sound like that was a fun moment. No, it's very painful. <laughs> it was nice. They, uh, they helped me up and they carried me to the safety, but yeah. It's embarrassing to go down. I'm not somebody who likes to look weak. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the same. It's it's no fun showing weakness. No. All right. Well, as, as you know, airsoft is changing a lot at the moment. How do you expect yeah. airsoft to change over the next ten years? Well, I hope there are not too many more rules. <laughs> yeah, we, we have enough rules. We don't need any more. But the first, the happy things I see coming are bigger fields, more fields, better fields, better guns. Some technology has been halted, started to halt it. I hope this, the, the technology of Ashel guns gets a bump up and Ashel fields that go bigger and go better. And I and hope to have my own Ashel field. Um, some great advancements like, you know, electric triggers are fantastic. We're seeing, you know, um, some advancements in BBs recently. So I was talking to like Blue Mag Airsoft a few weeks ago, and he's developed a, a new kind of BB that is only visible during with night vision on. And it makes night games so much better because when you're firing tracer rounds, you just give away your position. But if they're only visible when you've got your nods on, it's a, it's a giant advantage. Yeah, that would be nice. I have to look out for that. <laughs> yeah, they're called the uh, blackout rounds, so they've they've got a good name. True. Okay, I'm gonna look for them. Actually, I love it. <laughs> so that's a good idea. Uh, hit him up in on um, uh, Instagram. Like he's always. I think he's only distributing in America right now. But you know, 
maybe you can get some in Belgium. We never know. Well, it's yeah, a... I, have, I have American friends, so that's what we got. Yeah, just do that. All right. Uh, anything you're working on at the moment? Um, a lot, but nothing special. Gathering around more money to open a new airsoft field, my own airsoft field, to buy my own woods that they can protect. And yeah, expanding my airsoft collection, building a new turret again. A new turret? <laughs> what gun. kind of turret? Uh, sentry gun, fully automated. So around 10 years ago, I built a sentry gun who you could place in the field and would shoot automatically, recognize people, recognize teams. If you were infrared, they wouldn't, wouldn't shoot at you. And I want to restart it up because then I made it with saws and hand saws, hand tools. Now I have custom machinery. So I want to big, uh, build a new sentry uh, gun, like in Call of Duty. I didn't know that was an option. Like thinking back to like the sentry guns in like the Aliens movies were just fantastic. So um, yeah, now that I think about it, like the the technology we have with wireless cameras now is incredible. Like for all of my GoPros, <laughs> I can just put my GoPro anywhere on the field and then just look at it on, on my camera, which is what they do in Call of Duty. And yeah, like, I can also like put a, uh, my, I don't use my, my current phone, I just use an old phone, Most put like an old yeah. iPhone on my wrist in a wrist mount. Uh, and then I put a GoPro on my gun and then I can put my gun around corners and then see where people are and it's not blind fire. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. And mostly put um, an outside game stomach chest with a, what do I give, how is it called? It's mostly for juggernaut, juggernaut oh, yes, phone holders. Yes. Put them a chest and cameras on my guns. I don't have good relations with cameras in Airsoft. <laughs> I try yeah. my best to keep them whole or keep them working. But for the moment I stop watching it, if it's recording, it's because something goes wrong. Yeah. And always, as soon as you get your, your greatest kill of the game, your camera doesn't record it. So that's always how true, it works. True. And then have two, three hours of footage from you tracking down <laughs> the enemy team. Yep. And there's a lot um, of footage of your gun pointed at the ground. That's that's a very common one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's go to the last section now. Here are just some personal questions. But yeah. I know that you use real steel firearms a lot. How do you mm -hmm. think uh, your airsoft training translates to real steel firearms? Um, better trigger responses. So the last couple of, in the last year for um, Instagram also, I did some comparisons from uh, normal shooters, uh, how the normal people would shoot and how some speedsofters shoot and how it compares from speedsoft uh, guns to real guns. And you would be amazed how accurate you can shoot as a speed softer with a real gun. Yeah, um, I I agree with all of this. Like uh, I used, uh, I've been doing airsoft for like 15 years and I went over to America to play at some gun ranges and mm -hmm. it was fun. I, I was just getting like bullseyes and like center mass on all the shots. And like the guys were asking me, it's like, oh, how long have you been shooting? I'm like, oh, it's my first time. It's like, the <laughs> hell? It's like, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I know how to hold your gun because of the airsoft guns. You know how to work it. Fit safety percent. Sometimes they don't know the bolt release, but it's just little things. But you know how to pull your trigger. If you jerk the trigger, you're gonna shoot crooked with airsoft guns. They're real guns. Yeah, Reloading you, is very uh, very good place to learn to reload safely. With you're, not, you're not scared of it. You know how to breathe. 
um, you know, the wall of the trigger. There's so many little things you're just used to. So, you know, recoil is, you know, it's funny. Like, oh, okay, there's where the recoil is. It's fine. Yeah, I was shocked that when I was shooting uh, M16, that the M16 had no recoil. And yeah, true. <laughs> it got such a long stock in it that, mm -hmm. yeah, there's no recoil. You can shoot an M16 one-handed. Um, yeah, I'm and I was I was disappointed by that. I was like, I thought it was going to like be blowing up in the air, but it's like t -t -t. it was marginally stronger than my airsoft gun. True, true. Well, if you ever want to do that, do it with a bigger caliber. Then oh, yeah, like, uh, I, I used. Uh, I was shocked with um, just handguns because I was using mm. um, nine millimeter was exactly what I thought it was going to be. So like when I was shooting nine millimeter, I was moving my hand up about this much. And that was exactly what I was in anticipating. But when I was using, um, I think 45, it was like putting mm -hmm. my hand like all the way, almost like behind my head, which I did not expect from a 1911. Like I didn't expect it would be that powerful. I was shocked. Well, yeah, nine millimeters are short and snappy. They, just, they have a explode in a short time. So they do a, click, a small little snap. Yeah, uh, 45s have a slow burning powder, so it takes longer and it's more like a jet stream that pushes you away. Yeah, yeah, it was a very different feeling. And I, I thought it would just be stronger, but it... Um, no, it's completely different. <laughs> and like the shotgun was easy. Like when I was using the shotguns, I'm like, I thought I'd be like going back or my hands would be going up, but it was just like this. So... Well, yeah, that's that's more or less the type of round you used also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just buckshot that they were using. Oh, those don't move. You can yeah. shoot rapidly. Yeah, and go full auto with them. Yeah. But if you start using slugs, one ounce slugs, two ounce slugs, then you will have a kickback that most people for the first time will have lots of problems with. <laughs> yeah, slugs are definitely going to have more uh, uh, recoil to them, but I didn't use, they didn't have slugs available at the range, so I could only oh. use, you know, what they had. Okay. All right. Uh, last one is just about therapy. Um, what's your opinion on airsoft being like therapy for vets? Like, is there a benefit to that? Well, self, I, I also, won't I mean, say like vets it, like for like people that take care of that. Uh, yeah, not veterinarians, but people from the army yeah. who have traumas. Um, well, most of them with the traumas, I've been contacted to help them learn to shoot, to shoot again, um, just for the shell shock mostly mm -hmm. and in national field self also the, the things that trigger them to get used to the, their triggers so they don't have to wait they get used to the panic and that's something i did a lot and i find good and i do i like doing it also but they can't do it with everybody because if they're triggered can things can go wrong and you need to be strong enough and uh, smart enough to help them control it without going disasters that's uh, being a big disaster no, that's so, important. Yeah. if you can help vets deal with uh shell shock that, that's that's really cool and there's so many ways that airsoft can help the community and it's, it's great that you you know you're working on another way that's that's really admirable yeah it's i can't i can't help them mentally but it's the the doctors who a couple of them I know who work in that with those people, and they come to me because they know I can handle it, and I can. And most of the time, I know how they think. Also, 
I've been in bad situations and did some odd jobs for security. I got, I got the mindset. Nice, man. That's good. Okay, so that's the end uh, of the uh, podcast today. For So for the last section, um, feel free to shout out any people that you want to mention, any friends, sponsors, teammates. Mm-hmm. Also, let uh, everyone know how they can find you. The uh, the mic is yeah. yours. Okay, first of all, thank you, Defro, uh, for uh, this interview. Um, it was very fun. Uh, I'm Sniper. You can find me on Instagram. I'm starting a YouTube channel under Sniper Shooting World or Airsoft World. And Instagram is just Sniper, S N A A I F E R. Probably find the link below. And <laughs> yep. um, I would say thank you for all the people who pushed me into Instagram and meeting a whole new range of new people. So thank you to Kion and uh, hashtag. Uh, 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 and thank you to my wife and my little brother for supporting me nice man and the rest of the community (laughs) well thank you very much for joining us for the podcast today it's been Mm -hmm. uh, really fun learning more about airsoft in uh, belgium and it's great just to find more airsofters that are really helping the community so nice work thank you all right man have a good one i'll catch you next time have a nice day bye next time you